One in six couples struggle with infertility, and we know that the environment plays a big role in how our bodies reproduce. In the Fertility Sisterhood, join me, Dr. Carmen Mesterlian, Harvard epidemiologist and fertility expert, and my sister, Laura, as we discuss what everyone needs to know about how the food we eat, the water we drink, the air we breathe, and our everyday environmental exposures impact our health and therefore our fertility. Now let's dive in and learn how we can clean up our lifestyles, not only for ourselves, but for our future generations. Hi there, this is episode six. And today we're talking about sexy things, all things sexy things. <laughs> it's our sex talk. It's our little sex <laughs> talk. Today's our little sex conversation about making babies and sex. And so important, which is really important that you're connected with your partner. I think part of the time, I can speak from my own personal experience, part of the time um, when I was struggling with infertility, it happened to be like a timing issue with my husband in the sense that I was ready for a family and he was still internally like not quite ready for it yet. So when we were trying to conceive and being intimate, we were not in sync with each other, so to speak. And which is you can have wonderful sexual and intimate relations with your spouse or with your partner, but sometimes the intent of creating life isn't always there for you during that moment that you're trying to conceive. So you can have a really good intimate moment, but it's not necessarily everything you need to create a baby and to create life. Yeah. And we had a bit of that imbalance remember. points of infertility that I would talk to you about where Yeah, I remember. I'm not sure I even talked to him about it some of the time, but we should talk Talk about because some we tabby were good, we were good together. Yeah. Like, we were good together, but yes. I could tell like he was not giving his all. Like it wasn't until he let I go of his all that we were able to actually make a baby. I remember. Isn't that cool? He had to physically and mentally and emotionally let go Release. of his And when he did, that's when we were able to conceive a child. I know. Isn't it amazing? Don't you think it, that's it just kind of, so freaking yeah. amazing? Yeah. I love this stuff. This stuff gets me so happy because, you know, it does. Because when you're trying to talk about we're talking about couples out there in the world right now and listening to this podcast that are struggling with trying to have a baby and the pressure of making the baby becomes the task and the job and you become like I have to have sex at two o'clock on Sunday and your yeah. partner's at Super Bowl I don't want to come home and then there's an argument about I'm ovulating and I've got three hours left right oh the pressure and everybody's oh test, you know testing their ovulation and the time and you know what or you know what else yeah if they masturbate before. That's it. We are going to talk about oh that. Oh my God, it's so annoying. Yes, so like, that's not okay. Watch porn and masturbate. No. And then come to me a day later and think that we're going to no. make a baby. That's a big problem. Oh my God, it was that's so one of the Yeah, that's a critical issue and really important for us to get it's out there really today. really upset me. <laughs> and really important to get out there today to the men and males and females listening, if you have, a, if you're a female partner listening to this or male partner, partners masturbating actually is a contributing factor to infertility. Because if your partner's masturbating every day, some male partners masturbate two or three times a day, and then you're ovulating tomorrow morning, and my male partner just masturbated three times a day, guess what? Go and try to have Nothing's sex left. tomorrow morning, and you ain't got a lot of spermies in there, right? We want good quality, high quality, good volume sperm, because especially if we have some other factors like age, if you're 35 or older, you might have a little bit, you need a little bit more a little more oof in your ability, right? So your male partner needs to generate a lot of good quality sperm to get you to where you need to be. And you're right. It's like masturbation. Men should not be masturbating Nobody talks about it when, when it comes you're trying to, to make fertility. a baby. It should be like a no-go. It's like you want sex, you come you and gotta have sex hold with off. Me. Yes. Yeah. You got to hold off yes. and wait until... Yes, have, men have know, to. Yeah. And, yeah. And the interval, the really optimal interval for what we call abstinence time so we measure this in our studies in IVF clinics. They talk about abstinence time, which is 
how many hours or days has it been since the last ejaculation? And if a man says 12 hours, okay, a lot of men can still make sperm 12 hours later, but some men can at least produce a little bit of sperm in 12 hours. Some men can produce lots. It depends. And there's so much variability in men's sperm, so much by day, within person, across time, across weeks, just like women and their bodies and their ovulation. You can ovulate one cycle and not ovulate the other. So men are the same way. But abstinence time, so the time between ejaculate should not be less than two days when you're trying to make a baby. So you shouldn't have sex every day. You should have sex every other day, maybe even every two to three days. In fact, the optimal is really every two days is skip a day, have sex, skip a day, have sex. And like you said, it actually pre- takes the pressure off a little too, because if you're doing it every day, it's not that's a bad thing physically. It's no. a nice thing, but yeah. it's like it ends up being a lot of pressure of it feel a little robotic because you're like, yeah. okay, I got to get this Just done. Just got to get this done. Yeah. It's like yeah. a job, like ejaculated me, right? It's not yeah. the point to ejaculate in you. Really what you're saying, so important. It seems it seems trivial, but the love making, we're making babies. You want to make love when you're making a baby. You don't want to just have like sperm go into your body, right? That's not the point. One of the things that I'm really passionate about in the work that I do is the idea of connecting couples and how important the couple journey is and how alignment, which is what you're talking about between couples, is really critical to the success of the fertility journey. And if your partner's holding off and having sex with you and holding off, and even if it's just, even if he's ejaculating in you, the idea that he's not engaged in the process will have effects on your chance wholeheartedly. Yes. Spiritually, physically, everything. everything. I, you know, it's funny because I think when we actually conceived and had our little baby, it's the best sex you've ever I, had in your life. It was one. It, I knew that momentum. Done it. Yeah, yeah. I knew that that was it. That was like, it. Done it. Yeah. But the other thing is, it was interesting because I had finally told him, like, I'm okay. Like, we're okay. I love you. If we never have a baby, it's okay. We got to this place where I'm like, this is enough. It's just, if it's just me, you and Teddy, that's enough. I love you. And I think that took so much pressure off of him of feeling like he didn't have to perform and do something to make me happy that yeah. we actually ended up making a baby. Yeah. And having our little Olympia and having our little... The thing is, like, you're talking about how the psyche affects, or the mind controls the body, right? This is, I'm a scientist. I'm telling you, your mind and your thoughts create your reality. This is true. So your intention and your thoughts about holding off, and I don't know if I can do this, and I don't know if I can, and I'm not sure if I should, and partner not being engaged and not being sure and feeling pressured and stressed over it. Can I feeling do it? Feeling insecure too. And it's feeling insecure about the whole thing. And that's hard to make a baby in those in those conditions. So what you're talking about is intimacy. So intimacy is your body. Yes, you're having sex, your bodies are together, but really there's intimacy on the mental level, on the spiritual level, on the physical level, on the metaphysical level, on the superconsciousness level. All of those things feed into this harmonious sort of process that allows you to conceive. And I really do really believe in the idea of Harmony and lovemaking for baby making. And we don't. So, how do you get there then? Because in a world where it's all sex toys and lubes, Mm -hmm. which in itself is problematic, I think you can tell me about the science. We were talking about personal care care products. products. Yeah. Does that affect your well being? But also, how do you do that in a world where, you know, we in some ways have steered away from the emotional connection and have become more physical, physically demanding in terms of our intimacy? Oh, God. Yes. I think that's so problematic. And one of the things that I'd love to see out of this podcast and out of the work that I'm doing at Harvard and on my company, B, is this idea that we want to harmonize and align couples into the journey together to be about love, to be about connecting together. Just the thought of connecting together and lovemaking is going to increase your chances because do nothing else. Do nothing else. Make love, be in love, hold each other's hands, connect with each other, 
be intimate with all, without all the hype, without the porn going on, without the sex toys. Connect with your bodies, lie together. So here's some really cool data. Okay. Here's some really cool data. I love this stuff. Your bodies together, just physically together, lying naked, just like a baby when it's born and you put your baby on its, on your body, on your breast. Oh, yeah. And the microbiome gets immersed into the baby and you have a shared, shared variability in that. So you're sharing your microbiomes. Your baby's building its skin microbiome up you. Yes. So the skin on couples, guess what that does? That builds not only microbiome that's aligned with health and well-being for your mental health, physical health, but for your sexual health and for your reproductive health. There's the microbiome becomes aligned and matched together and they support each other. And so sharing body types, body time together, even without sex, without intercourse, where you have physical intercourse, that in and of itself, doing that and loving each other in bed naked for half an hour a night, 20 minutes a night, 15 minutes a night, and just loving each other can really build health and well-being for you and your partner. It takes the stress off of having to perform and do something, but is building your microbiome and your hormones are signals. There's chemistry. There's chemistry that we talk about. It's biological compatibility. That chemistry is biological compatibility and sharing that chemistry. To be able to I mean, there's yeah. a good schedule where you're being intimate one night and then the next night you're just loving and loving together and yes. just being relaxed with each other. Yes. Non skin. And then oh. the next, because that way you're also optimizing your chances of yes. baby because you're skipping that day and you're not doing yes. it every day. So as you were saying, the body needs a little bit of time to produce the reset. Yeah, to reset. Yeah. So maybe that's like a nice way of doing it where you're like having intimate relations, then you're taking your break, but you're physically together. Together. Yeah. And the next day you're having intimate relations. And then you're like, that's a great sketch. Maybe that's a bit of a love each other. So important. Just lie in bed, love each other. You don't have to have sex. You just lie together, kiss, make out, do nothing else, hold hands in bed chit-chat, those kinds of activities immerse yourself in your physical body, but also your spiritual energy, your mental energy, your harmony, your lovemaking, your communication. Talk about what makes you scared and stressed. Talk about what you're worried about. And enjoy yourself. Just let go of yeah. the pressures to your best ability and yeah. relax and enjoy yourself. Yeah, it's so hard to tell people to relax. And I, I think that's a hard message. I'm not very good hear. at it either. Matt, <laughs> it's not a good, I don't think it's a hard message, but loving, here's what you could do. You can relax. You can Love make for 15 minutes tonight, just holding each other's hands in bed and hugging each other, spooning each other. Nothing else. Don't even talk. That activity itself can enhance your sexual energy and your physical body, your microbiome, your hormones, your pheromones, your chemistry all get so, aligned together. Can we talk about the sex product voice out there? The toys, sex the, toys, the, the lubricants, all the massage stuff. oils, the perfumes. Oh What's my your God. scientific approach? Okay, uh, so consideration on these things. Yeah, that's so important. So really important is these things are products that we want to avoid because things like brand lubrications, massage oils, scented products of any type of stimulant kind of gels and things that you might use to cause you to feel arousal. Any type of product that you put on your skin or in your body or on your body is a no-no. Why? Because these are made with those chemicals that I talk about all the time, the endocrine disrupting chemicals. They have phthalates and parabens and triclosan and PFAS and a whole host of other things that we definitely know harm our reproductive health. And so you're putting them in your vagina or around your vagina. That's what I was just going to say. If you're putting them on 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 your your clitoris, on your labia, on any part of your system. the problem is that the skin, the, the mucosal membrane of that part of your body is so thin, the absorption rate. So if you put something on this part of your skin, the absorption rate is slower than if you yeah. put it on that part. The skin is so fine. And so the absorption rate is really high. It gets into your bloodstream immediately within 15 to 20 minutes. We've measured in one of my studies. 
where I looked at ultrasound gel. So even that ultrasound gel has chemicals in it. I have a paper published in a scientific journal that I did at Harvard that shows that ultrasound gel actually absorbs into your bloodstream. And if you have a transvaginal ultrasound and they put gel into your vagina to put the the transducer into your vagina, if they don't put it with a condom so that it doesn't absorb into your body, that gel's in your vagina and absorbs in and there's endocrine disruptors in it. There's phthalates and parabens in it. I've measured the urine before and after. I took urine samples of women before and after ultrasound and I looked at the peak changes and there's definitely an increase. It's scientifically published. And so these products get into your body. They're endocrine disrupting. They're reprotoxic. You're trying to get pregnant and you're putting the stuff in your body. First of all, it can harm sperm. Second of all, it can harm your chance of getting pregnant, increase your chance of miscarriage. So avoid any product. You can use natural things. You can use coconut oil. You can use almond oil, Not more natural things if you need some lubrication. Do not use those chemical products that you buy in stores, sex stores or any type of store, really, wherever they sell these things. You can get them on Amazon now too, by the way. And sex toys. So let's talk about sex toys. So you use these plastic things, plastic phthalates and BPA and PFAS. You put a dildo or a vibrator in your vagina and you're holding it in there for 15, 20 minutes, guess what? Plastic and those chemicals are rubbing off into your body and absorbing into that part of your body, into your bloodstream. And, you know, it might be a little hard to hear. You might have to get rid of your sex toys. And maybe you love doing at it least with that. If you want short term, if you want to have a baby. Yeah, you might, you might just try to ask your partner to use his hands and other forms of stimulation than, than using devices and stuff, which can have they're plastic, plastic toys yeah. are plastic and the plastics in your body. And same thing with maxi pads and tampons and companies that make those absorbent panties. Now we know there was a lot of backlash against, don't mention the company name, but the ones that make those period absorbing panties, they have their coat in PFAS. Yeah. The entire oh, thing's God. PFAS. How does it absorb all that liquid is that it's PFAS. And so you're putting that panty on right your body in. and it's absorbing into your bloodstream and they're toxic and they harm your health and they harm not just your chance of getting pregnant, but that baby that you make, if you do make one, will be will be affected by the chemicals that it's exposed so to. So where can you find personal care products like feminine hygiene products that are not problematic? Because even I've, I use that EWG website to research yeah. my products. There's yeah. nothing on there for personal hygiene, like women's hygiene products there. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I, I don't think I saw any. Yeah. I had to do a lot of independent research to find ones that I feel comfortable yeah. using. I know none of the ones that are bleached, organic, unbleached, the bleaching. We've done tests. I was on this documentary, remember, a few years back in France. They did a huge documentary. They sent a whole bunch of tampons and tampons and all these things to the labs. And they're coated in petrol chemicals and PFAS and phthalates and formaldehydes, cancer-causing chemicals. And so you see rates of uterine cancer, ovarian cancer, endometrial cancer on the rise in women that are young. And what about those cups too? They're like plastic, aren't they? Yeah, so the cups, they're still, some of them are silicone, some of them are not. You need to look into the brand and the type and there's risks involved. Naturally, tampons and maxi pads that are bleach-free organic cotton are the best choice. Trying to get the best quality product for what you can afford. The standard stuff that's out there, those big brands, they have chemicals in them, they have formaldehyde in them, they have phthalates in them, they have PFAS in them. We've tested the actual tampon, not us, but we labs have tested them. And we, this has been published. There's papers published. I, we could put the papers on a link if that's something that, that, the re, that the listeners want to have access. But these products have harmful chemicals in them and avoid them. And reduce the, like we talk about the products, avoid the amount you use, 
the frequency you use it and the amount of times you use it. So keys, don't use five tampons, use three. You don't want to get toxic shock syndrome either over well, using tampons for too long. Then. Pads too, but pads absorb. It absorbs into your body. It absorbs into your body. It's well, what about healthier organic cotton pads? You can get healthier organic cotton pads. Those are good choices if you can afford them. They're not cheap. They're not cheap. I can't even afford them. I'm like, oh, that's really way more money. And you know, to as you were so saying, you have to pick and choose where you can have yeah. control and where you can't. So try to reduce on certain areas. Yeah. So if tampons and pads are one area where you can use organic cotton, they may not still be the best, but try to not use shampoos and makeup for during the week that you're having your period or yeah, something. Exactly. Because your body burn, you want to just take yourself just down bring it not. down. Bring like the level down. Yes, during your period, you might be using all the stuff. And why don't you take down something else so that you balance it out? Those are that's a great suggestion. I love that. So your overall burden is not increased. Yeah. So let's sum up. Try to have intimate time with your spouse and your partner. Doesn't have, have to make love make love yes. make, but it doesn't have to be intercourse. Just spend time together. Try to take the pressure off wherever you can. Try to become harmonious together. Don't use sex toys and sex lubricants and sex products during the time that you're trying to conceive and be mindful when you're choosing your products for your menstrual cycles because it does make a difference and if you are using products during that time that aren't uh, organic cotton etc etc try to decrease the amount of other toxins you may be exposed to by maybe not wearing makeup that week or not shampooing your hair every day. And I'm not sure that's about that's sums it up. Summary. So, we it. hope you find this informative and interesting. And we hope that it helps. We do. We really do. And yes, Rescripted has so much great information on their website as well. And their di- daily digest. Daily digest is amazing. I get it every day. And I'm not trying to get pregnant, but I read it. There's so many resources out there. Do your best. Oh, just do your best. Do your best. And- if you know better, do better. And do try not to put too much pressure on yourself. Don't yeah. be overwhelmed. Try to enjoy the journey. And and that's all you can do. You And l- let it let go. Just let, let go. go. You can. It's hard to do. I've been there. I know it's not the easiest thing to do. It's easier said than done. But yeah. try to just, you know, I always found even after I conceived, the only way that we were, my husband and I were able to actually really do this successfully when I was pregnant was to go one day at a time and have zero expectations because yeah. we knew we had known at that point when we had the loss in the second trimester we had known like having that expectation of having a baby and all of that like we were like thinking okay the baby's coming and we were making plans we had picked out her name and then we lost her and it was devastating and so when we came, when we had the second pregnancy we said you know what just like when we were making the baby just like after the baby after we were when we were pregnant we said, let's just take it one day at a time and have zero expectations. And somehow you have to let go and have zero expectations and just let life take you one day, one moment yeah. at a time and just keep yourself in the best possible moment as you possibly can. Yeah. One of the episodes we should touch on that mind-body connection and meditation. We didn't plan for that, but maybe we'll do that. I thought this was a great episode. I love talking about sex and intimacy and I know you how do. to make babies and how to love each other <laughs> and how important it is to fertility because it is so important to fertility. That's why I love it. It's, it's like the magic sauce, right? That people yeah. forget about. And you go to the IVF clinics, nobody talks about sex. They're just like, give me your eggs, give me your sperm. We're going to make a baby in a little Petri dish. It doesn't work. Why? Because there's no love, right? There's no love when you're in a dish. Love make, right? It's so important to try to make love and make a baby and see if it helps. Magic sauce. Thank you for listening to the Fertility Sisterhood brought to you by Rescripted. 
We hope it has left you feeling more educated and empowered about the role environmental factors play in our reproductive health. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, be sure to visit seed-program.org to learn more about Dr. Masterlin's research. To stay up to date on the podcast, follow Rescripted on Instagram and TikTok at fertility.rescripted or head to rescripted.com.